The Francis Ngannou UFC 270 contract situation is a powder keg unlike anything we've ever seen before. And the champion just lit a whole box of matches when discussing his current deal on ESPN. I would like to stay in the UFC, but I don't feel like the UFC still want me to stay. Everything comes to a head at UFC 270, the final fight on Ngannou's contract, and the stakes could not be higher for the champ, who isn't just putting his heavyweight title on the line, but his entire career, placing tremendous pressure publicly on the UFC to come to new terms, making his contract situation the main focus of fans and media in the build-up to a major pay-per-view main event, the narrative about his rivalry with former teammate and interim title holder Cyril Gunn completely taking a backseat to the intrigue of what will happen to Ngannou after the fight. If he loses, does the UFC release him from the promotion. If he wins, will they extend his contract indefinitely, leaving the champion in limbo should he refuse to fight again under his current terms? Or will Ngannou's gamble on himself pay off? It's high drama playing out in real time, with potentially massive implications for the sport as a whole, and everything relies on the outcome of the main event this weekend. But how in the world did we get here? I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and this is what happened with Francis Ngannou and the UFC. In order to understand how things got to this point, we need to go quite a ways back. The champion's current deal went into effect right before his 2018 title challenge against Stipe Miocic at UFC 220. Ngannou signed an eight-fight, 40-month contract. Per information obtained in lawsuits involving the promotion, we now know that various clauses essentially make it impossible to wait out those 40 months, as time extensions can be added due to injuries, a refusal to fight, and the champion's clause, which we'll touch on a bit more later. All tools that can be used to get a fighter to re-up or be forced to wait in MMA limbo. Francis would lose to Miocic at 220, but win four of his next five over the course of three years to earn a rematch at UFC 260 in March of 2021. Before that title challenge, the UFC attempted renegotiations with Ngannou, as the bout would mark his seventh of eight obligated in his current contract. But Francis didn't accept the new terms, setting into motion a series of events that would lead us to the current situation, with the heavyweight champion of the world heading into his first title defense with no new deal and no fights left afterwards. But let's back up for a moment because a lot happened between those two Stipe fights. Pertinent to the topic of this video, big stars making big plays for better deals. Recently, there's been a string of high-profile fighters trying to leverage their star power into better contracts with the UFC, and those situations did not go unnoticed by Francis. 2019's biggest star, Jorge Masvidal, went on a public campaign for a better deal after refusing to accept his title challenge against Kamaru Usman at UFC 251, a main event that was going on without him until Gilbert Burns was forced out right before the card, securing Masvidal the payday he was looking for to fill in on short notice. Nate Diaz has had perpetual contract issues going all the way back to a similar eight-fight deal he made prior to his title fight against Benson Henderson in 2012, only eventually earning the money he was looking for because of the McGregor bouts four years later. But in the time since, Diaz has had a number of issues and refusals to fight over both opponents, his placement on a card, and of course, money. Colby Covington infamously confronted Dana White at a casino live on Instagram, demanding championship pay for his fights since he was an interim title holder. Stop Come on, bro. Stop I just want, I want an explanation, oh, man. The man Ngannou would take the gold from, Stipe Miocic, has fairly consistently since his initial title win, expressed frustration with his payouts, and has sat out for long periods waiting for fights, even talking about right before he lost the belt how he would like to get a chance to box Tyson Fury. And then there's John Jones, a man who appeared to be Ngannou's golden ticket after he won the heavyweight title. A super fight between the two is considered one of the most highly anticipated bouts that could be made at the moment in the sport. But when JBJ showed interest and it came time to hit the negotiating table, things did not go well. John said the UFC completely shut down the idea of a pay bump for him to move up to heavyweight, while Dana White claimed that Jones was asking for Deontay Wilder money for the matchup. I'll quote him uh, and, and what he had said to my lawyer. Told my lawyer, 
He wants what Deontay Wilder was paid. I think it was 30 million. Any kind of deal would completely fall apart, and JBJ would vacate his light heavyweight title, taking now almost two years away from the cage to bulk up and wait for a better deal. According to Francis, though, that fight was never even on the table. The champ said five days after defeating Stipe Miocic, the UFC offered him a fight with Derek Lewis to headline UFC 263 on June 12th, just two and a half months after he won the title. But knowing he would need to return to Cameroon to see his family and go through the visa renewal process, Ngannou said he didn't believe he would have enough time to properly train for such a quick turnaround, and so declined the fight, but suggested that a date in July or August would work. According to Francis, the UFC came back to him and said the pay-per-views for those months had already been booked. For declining the bout, Ngannou was notified that his contract had been extended for six months. On June 23rd, the champion said the UFC again offered him a fight with Lewis, this time to headline UFC 265 in August. But because the previous conversation about the summer months being unavailable, Francis wasn't prepared for an August offer. He had spent more time at home visiting his family and delayed his visa renewal process, which he now squared away. But having just returned to the U.S. to train, Ngannou felt a month and a half was not adequate enough time to prepare for a title fight, and so again declined. When the UFC suggested a headlining bout the next month at UFC 266, Francis says he told them he would absolutely be ready to go on September 25th for that card. Five days later, though, the promotion announced an interim title fight between Lewis and Cyril Gan to headline the August event that Ngannou had refused. He was again notified that his contract would be extended a further six months for declining the fight. In a statement to ESPN, Francis his manager, Markel Martin, said the Lewis gone booking came as a complete shock and assumed the UFC had understood why Francis couldn't go in August, but would be ready just a month later. Dana White took to Instagram to refute Ngannou's manager, writing, This dude is full of shit. He knows exactly what's going on and isn't shocked at all, because we told him several times this was coming. His management is incompetent, and hopefully Francis starts taking a look at new people to help his career. Martin would fire back in a long reply, again reiterating his stance on the situation. Things had truly reached a breaking point. White would also claim that a deal was essentially done with Ngannou's team over a new contract, but they backed out at the last minute and suddenly wouldn't accept the terms, something he seemingly blamed on Francis's management. The champion would call the interim title fight a low play by the UFC, an attempt to apply pressure over his next fight, and of course his looming contract, which only had a single bout remaining, the extensions levied for each of his refusals to Ngannou done to force him into the terms they had offered. It would get a lot uglier though. In the hype package that kicked off the Lewis Gone pay-per-view, Dana White would say of Francis, quote, if you don't want a fight, no problem. You can wait and fly around the world on vacation. Whatever you're doing, knock yourself out. Whenever you're ready, we're here. The broadcast has been altered to exclude the line on Fight Pass, and the original version has seemingly been scrubbed from the internet entirely. Ngannou felt disrespected by the slight and said the UFC was attempting to discredit him as a champion, making it appear as if he simply did not want to fight. The grapes of wrath were filling and growing heavy for the vintage. This kind of play isn't exactly something new for the UFC. In previous spats with stars like Randy Couture or Tito Ortiz, the promotion hasn't been above taking a few pot shots, and of course making the interim title itself, well in line with many stories that have come as a result of the discovery phase of the ongoing antitrust lawsuit about the tactics sometimes used to get fighters to accept a deal. An example often cited is Joe Silva placing a fighter who refuses to re-up on the prelims against a very tough opponent for their final contracted bout. The promotion certainly has their ways of applying pressure, but in the case of Ngannou, it would appear the champion is more than willing to push right back, especially since the interim title booking. Gan defeated Lewis in impressive fashion, 
And on October 6th, the unification bout at UFC 270 was made official, the champion still without a new contract. That next week, Ngannou would appear on the MMA Hour, airing many of his grievances with how he felt the UFC had underpromoted him, and of course slighted him with the interim title fight and negative comments. It was quite funny. I'm like, what's going on exactly? This doesn't make sense. I feel like he wasn't real, but he was. He would also make the shocking claim that he had had to borrow money to live and finance his fight camps. By December, more attempts had been made to lock a deal in with the two parties meeting for dinner prior to the holidays, and even though Dana and Francis characterized the meeting as going somewhat positively, terms were not agreed upon and the same issues remained. Speaking to ESPN, White would reiterate that the champion still had time on his contract, at least one more fight he believed, but if he wanted to go after his agreement was up, he was free to leave. If you want to be with us, love to have you, you know, you don't want to be with us. No problem. Mm-hmm. He also took the opportunity to take another shot at Ngannou's manager, Markel Martin. When you're when you're a fighter, you got to be careful who you get to represent you because that's what they do. I, I don't think he's had the best representation. All right, so by this point, you're probably wondering, what the hell's the deal with Dana and this Martin guy? Is it just that he feels Francis's manager is being a pain in the ass? Well, it's a bit more complicated than that. Martin worked for Dana and the UFC from 2012 to 2016. He was a coordinator and manager for marketing partnerships, whatever that means. He has since become a talent agent for Creative Artists Agency, or CAA. Now, if you're not up on your Hollywood power structures, there are two major talent agencies competing for all the most lucrative contracts in sports and entertainment, and they are CAA and W. UME, aka Endeavor, the owners of the UFC. So Markel Martin works for a rival company. Oh, also he was on The Bachelorette. All right, so we finally made it back to Ngannou's ESPN interview that went down last week. The one we mentioned in the intro where he talked about refusing the 500K. I will not fight for five, six hundred thousand anymore. It's over. The champion very candidly explained exactly what he wanted to happen. Of course, the money was a part of it, but there's a lot more going on here. Francis would also like the opportunity to box, not outside the UFC's branding. He thinks that their involvement would make the fight bigger, but the champion has also made it abundantly clear he will either be allowed to box or there will be no deal. I'm sure the UFC hasn't appreciated the fact that ultra-popular boxing champion Tyson Fury has recently been campaigning to make the super fight happen as well. Very excited, very excited. I think this would be an absolutely amazing fight. In addition to better pay and the chance to box, it sounds like Francis wants to be treated with respect, like a valuable champion, and promoted as the star he feels he is for the company. He wants, as he calls it, that champ shit. You definitely get the sense that Ngannou absolutely wants to re-sign with the UFC based on the interview, and he said as much, but he is willing to bet on himself in this situation in order to get what he feels he deserves. And if they're not going to compromise, he will wait out his contract after the gone fight and leave. So about doing that, it's a tricky situation. We mentioned earlier the champions clause. It's something that is seen in 99% of UFC contracts. If Ngannou retains at 270, the term of his agreement automatically extends for one year or three fights. At least that's the standard. We know this because of the Eddie Alvarez contract from 2013 that was publicly made available as a result of a lawsuit, but the contract wording specifically states whichever of the two comes later. Meaning that in theory, the UFC could say that even if Ngannou waits an entire year because he's not fulfilled his three fights, the contract extends indefinitely. Now, I say in theory because because we don't actually know if such a clause is actually enforceable. It's never had a ruling in a court of law. And if Francis loses, well, he got those two extensions to his contract, meaning he would have to be there for at least another year. Ngannou claims that no matter what happens after his eighth fight is complete, his contract terminates after a five-year period, which would be January of 2023. And so if he doesn't get what he wants, he's willing to wait for that date to leave the promotion. There have been plenty of fighters that have tussled with the UFC over their contract, but what Ngannou is doing right now is beyond 
anything we've ever seen before, even from the likes of Conor McGregor, because the risk is so much greater. Conor could do anything at this point and make a billion dollars. Ngannou cannot. The pressure to win this fight at UFC 270 is unprecedented. The campaign he and his team have waged against the UFC is unprecedented. The heavyweight champion of the world has ignored all the tactics the promotion uses to try to get their talent to re-sign, and as a result, he has let this thing come down to the wire. UFC 270 is so much more than just a title fight for Ngannou. His entire livelihood is potentially on the line. If he loses, will the UFC cut him to make an example? And if they do, what market value does he have? Sure, he can go to Bellator or the PFL, but Tyson Fury is gone. The reason that fight is big is because Ngannou is a UFC champion, and so if he's not, it's just an Ono boxer versus the best in the world. If he wins, he's not guaranteed to succeed either. Like I mentioned earlier, the UFC could hold him in limbo if he refuses to fight, hoping to whittle down his resolve on the contract dispute by sitting for a year with no cash coming in, something he clearly cannot afford. But if he should succeed, if this play gets him the contract he wants, the implications are massive. Same if he wins and manages to walk. Then he takes away the legitimacy of the UFC's heavyweight division with him. When was the last time you could think of any division in the UFC with a scenario like that? We're just used to the promotion always being the best. He doesn't need the UFC if he retains his title and he can go anywhere he pleases. More and more fighters are likely to see the blueprint he made and attempt to do the same if they find themselves in a position of leverage. Whether others would have the resolve to let their contract go completely with no guarantee of a future, I'm not entirely sure. But what is happening at UFC 270 and what will happen after it between Francis Ngannou and the UFC could reshape how top-tier talent negotiate their contracts, which is also why I think the promotion might be willing to sacrifice a potential star in order to keep others from attempting to do the same. However this plays out, Francis Ngannou has made it clear that there will be no compromise. He has pushed all of his chips into the middle. For the champion at UFC 270, it is everything or nothing. Big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at CoolToMe underscore. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.